to the Sojourn Church podcast. We are glad you are here, and thanks for listening. As a church, we exist to exalt and enjoy the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things, equip the saints, and extend the gospel to all people by reproducing disciples and churches for the glory of God. More information about the life and mission of Sojourn Church can be found at SojournTulsa.org. That's S-O-J-O-U-R-N, Tulsa.org. Um, today will be a little bit different in the form. If you notice, even us just having the one song at the beginning, and then um, we're going to be um, going into this time of um, corporate renewal. And so I hope you had some time this week to spend some extra time in prayer, um, maybe even fasting. Um, and we're going to get into this uh, service today just as a time for that. And then we'll move on next week to finish up with that series on identity and opportunity. And then we're going to move into Acts. And for the book of Acts, um, I have these little books. Um, they have these at different places. You can look on, online. I'm sure Amazon has it. Um, they're very helpful. They have the little sections of the scripture and then um, a little place where you can just take notes to the side of it. And so um, if you want to look up those, they're, they're probably at Mardell's and probably um, on Amazon. And so um, you may want to pick up one of those. And then later on, the nice thing, if you do those things, you can have that on your shelf. And then later on, two, three, four years later, if you're going through something and you, you feel like, oh, man, didn't we address that when we went through the book of Second Timothy or, or Acts? Hey, I'm going to go back and turn to my notes there. So that may be helpful for you. Um, so on this corporate renewal service today, um, that will be, again, that will be when we get back into the book of Acts. But um, today, um, just looking at the, the aspect that most uh, places um, do not give space for individuals to have a time of renewal. Um, so as humans, even as believers, um, we're often resistant and hesitant to enter um, into spaces in our schedules for times of deeper reflection and contemplation concerning the state of our soul. A lot of times um, you can get in just the rhythm of going to church, showing up, um, going to an activity, going to a program, if it's a larger place and they have lots of things going on, and really do we know how, how well our soul is doing? And so um, Harbor Network and then also many, many churches in Harbor Network, we want to take time uh, for soul care. Um, and so even with somewhat consistent devotional times, quiet times and prayer times as an individual, um, people will ad- admit and, and they realize that those spiritual disciplines are a great thing. So we want to be practicing those. But the practice of contemplation, solitude, silence before God, with the intent of self-examination, um, with the Spirit's caring direction, can still be missing even in those elements. So in the history of the church, there would be times of prayer, like we, we just had last week. We had an hour-long prayer time, and so we're doing that 11 more times this year. So it, there's a purposeful time of trying to sit before the Lord, to have even the weightiness of the silence and the solitude. We, we, we just don't like that. Um, uh, I was at a funeral yesterday, and uh, the speaker just—he was talking about this guy who had passed away. A very meaningful guy, one of the most kind and loving guys uh, that everyone in the room knew. And he just paused and just sat there, just got kind of halted. It, it was awkward. You just—you want him to go, like start talking, start talking, because there's a weightiness that comes in that. There's something powerful. The, the Spirit does some powerful work in that. And so that, that's what we want to leave space and time for that, purposely. Um, corporately, um, we can go for months and years in services without gathered time specifically for prayer, where there is this, this time to be silent and have solitude before the Lord. And most churches don't even have that, right? 
Um, we, we don't have a time to pause and do that. Um, and so um, gather time specifically for corporate renewal before God. Um, time's built into the rhythm of our yearly schedule without setting aside um, intentional time to examine hearts. And that, that, that just happens without, without meaning to. Um, we can have all the strategies of growing the church, but really are we taking the time to pause and to have time to sit in solitude and silence? And that, It's a lost art. So other churches in the history of the church always did that. And so we, that's what we're kind of trying to look at. And so um, the Spirit uses those times and places for renewal, for conviction, for confession, repentance, renewal. It's hard if there's a lot of, of people just in a worship service and there's, there's stuff going on, there's, there's programs, there's, there's movement, there's all those things. It's hard for a person to have some time to really sit and allow the, the Spirit to do some work. It's hard, and probably never if there's a lot of stuff going on, for people to actually confess sin. And so in the future, in some of these, and I don't want to scare you or anything, but what we would love to work to and what has happened in churches in the history of the church is that you start doing these regular prayer meetings, and then there may be a time where we literally have a mic set up. It won't be the second one, but it could be the fourth or fifth one. You may go like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. But we've, we've been in churches where we did that, where people were able to go up and, and just kind of confess sins. It is a powerful thing when a person goes up under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and says to the body, here, here, Lord, I confess this. You know what happens? Uh, it's like a dam bursting. And people just like, oh my God. And, and, and the, the Holy Spirit starts working. You see that spiritual renewal? So I've been around those things before. Uh, I've been around it in student ministry, I mean college ministry, and also in some churches where that happened. So it's just a beautiful thing. And we want to leave space for that. We want to create an environment that's conducive for that. And so um, that's why we're doing these like this, this corporate renewal. This is our second or third one. Um, and so it, it really does matter. And, and I know it may not be popular. You know, if you think through, if we had a lot of visitors and they'd be like, oh my God, they, they might think this is what they do every week, you know? And so I just wanted you to know that uh, uh, just, just be in prayer. It, it's something that historically the church has done. Um, so this may lead to these times and in a, t- a t- time like today of corporate renewal, it may lead to a person truly uh, just returning to the Lord. It could lead to salvation for people. Um, I know we're tiny and small right now, and a lot of our people are even gone today, but, but for your own heart, um, just to be able to take that time. So we're doing this for your sake, for the sake of your soul, not for the sake of church growth, not for the sake of church growth in numbers, but for the sake of church growth in depth and following Christ. You probably don't have a lot of time where you get raw before the Lord. And so we want to just open that up for you. Um, for others, it may mean deeper observation. I would love this, that there would be ongoing further examination beyond the service through the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe for two weeks, maybe for the whole month of February where you're like, the Holy Spirit brings up an area in your life today that, that you just do this. And why am I able to do this and have the spot spot? Because I keep all the freaking lists really well. I keep all of them. People around your life are going like, if that's Christianity, I want nothing to do with it. And so um, to the Holy Spirit's going, man, I, I wish you would open up and listen. And we don't have time and space for the Holy Spirit to be able to scratch through that hardness. Um, so previously unnoticed, avoided areas actually impacting your soul and your life. Asking the Spirit to help us see patterns of heart issues. Um, patterns. It may be sins committed. So you've got sins of commission and you've got sins of omission. 
Sins of commission is, I know this is wrong, I'm going to keep doing this action even though I know it's wrong. Sins of omission are, I know I should be doing these things, and I just, I just don't do it. I know as a believer I should be doing these things, and I'm just not doing that. So sins of omission are things that man, I never spend time in worship. I never spend time in prayer. Huge thing in our, in our church culture right now, people that just exited the church. Man, they're, 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 it's sin. It's disobedience to the body of Christ. It's disobedience to Christianity. And I've, I've talked to five to six people last year and had long two- and three-hour talks with them, and they just go, yeah, I just don't think that you have to go to church to be a Christian. And I look at areas of their life, and it's chaos and, and horrific things. I'm thinking through where they're headed. I, I know the thousand percentile of where they're headed. And, and it's just this idea, no, I, I got it. I mean, I, I listen to so-and-so every once in a while on some podcasts. And so that's just, that, that's sin. And people don't want to hear that. A lot of pastors don't want to address that. All those things, sins of omission, things I'm not doing. I'm not praying. I'm not giving. I'm not um, I'm not doing any kind of, I'm not making disciples anyway. I'm, I'm not doing this. And so again, you can get into this thing of, well, now how do we measure all of that? Well, if you get real legalistic about it, so making disciples has to look like, I mean, with three guys, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, spending an hour going into the Bible, going, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe it's just, it's your neighbor that you're just reaching out to over and over and over and just spending time with them, caring about and listening to their story, hearing what they're going through, going, I've got patience for you because the Lord has so much patience for me. I'm 10,000 steps ahead of you, and I'm still at the foot of the cross. That's what we have the, have the a, a, opportunity and the attitude to have. And so this is what this is, an opportunity. It may be people that just have ongoing distrust, and, and they don't realize it. Right now, there's so much distrust in, in any institution. Um, you, you can't believe anything that's said is what people feel like on the news or media outlets. But then what do we do? We find our little niche, and, and what happens, the algorithms are playing you, and, and they're telling you exactly what you want to hear. So this, these, these people that you can't stand, guess what? That's what's going to pop up on your social media feed. And it affirms further what you're in. Oh, God, just see, see, that's the problem, that's the problem. And then here's your hero. Here's your hero, whether that's political or economic or whatever. And they, they, they lay those things out for you, and, you, and your heart's going, yep, see, 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 I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. I found this little faucet where it's telling me exactly what I want to hear. And it's just frustration, distrust. So I can't trust people that God has placed right in front of me because of all these other voices. Um, resentment, bitterness, those are cancers in the body. And so we want to spend time looking at that. So renewal is all about abiding in presence. We need his presence more. If, if there's anything that the church needs. It, it would be healthy if churches said, we're not even going to have, we're going to have three minutes of preaching. And I know you guys would go, oh, that, please let that spirit lead us there. Three minutes of preaching, but to, just to sit in the presence of the Lord, if churches in America would do that, it would change everything. Because it's not attractional. The people who go, I, I don't want that, they're leaving, right? But the people who go, who, who go, I think we all need more of just God. We just need God. Like it, it doesn't feed my entertainment buzz. It doesn't feed my uh, distraction buzz. Man, we just need more of God. That's what this country needs. That's what Israel needs. That's what the Palestinians need. That's what Russia needs. That's what the Ukraine needs. That, that's what all these places need. So when we think through that, renewal is about abiding in presence. If you had a choice, would you rather be the people of God when it all looks good without the presence of God? Would you rather be uh, partaking in the blessings of God? Because we partake in a lot of blessings without the presence of God. Would you rather partake of uh, the, the, the blessings and the victories of God without the promises of God? Or without the, the I'm sorry, without the presence of God. And so that, that's what a lot of us get in the habit of doing. 
And so, um, if you had the choice, would you rather have the things of God without the presence of God? And so we're trying to leave space for the presence of God. It's not that we consciously, I'm sorry, this is a quote from Jerry Bridges. He says, it's not that we consciously or deliberately put God out of our minds, we just ignore him. And, and he's, talking about, he's talking to believers, solid believers. This is in the book, Respectable Sins. So I got my list. I'm keeping all the rules. I definitely give. I give it above and beyond. I'm, I'm attending all the time. We're, we're, we're serving in this area. We're serving in this area. We're doing all these things. I, I don't cuss. I don't steal from my company. I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm, not, I'm, I'm keeping all these things. And he's going, you can do all those things and still be miles away from Jesus if you're not careful. Um, we, we get our, and, and So that's man-made lists sometimes instead of abiding the presence. And so that's just not a, a thing that a lot of churches give time for. So we want to say we want to give time for that. It's not going to be every week. So um, what we're going to do now is we're going to spend some intentional time looking through just a few scriptures, a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to give time for you to just go before the Lord um, and just spend some time. We're going to look at this idea of those, those things that we look at all the time um, that we're going to be looking at um, of conviction, confession, and repentance. Those first three. Those lead to renewal. We, we might also, we need renewal. You don't get to bypass the cross to get to renewal. You don't get to bypass um, the cross of Christ. And, and so going before the Lord and saying, Lord, search me, search my heart. Know, you, you know everything about me, thoughts afar off, desires that I hide. Would you search and hide, search and show me things I've hidden? And I want you to do, not just this morning, not for a quick two minute thing, but like, are there some things that, I've just ignored maybe for the last two or three years. And when people, and usually the reason I can tell it something is when someone touches it or brings up that subject, man, I get ticked. I get frustrated. And I, I don't want to hear this. And so instead of being offended and defensive, would you allow me to open that up and, and, and see what the Spirit would do, not just this morning, but over some time? Um, so... We're going to look at some scriptures and ask the Spirit to do that. And then we're going to take some time um, of, of looking at what renewal and um, rest and um, rejoicing, true worship is. So um, and I, I want to let you know, if you learn to do this, some of these lost arts, it does not mean that your life will then go easy. Finally, I'm living in the deeper things of God. I'm allowing the Spirit this time. And now I won't have problems. Maybe I won't have difficulties. No, it may lead to more spiritual warfare in your life because Satan's going to try to do everything he can. So this, these rhythms of renewal, this, it's kind of like a pathway. It's, it's the beautiful work of the Holy Spirit applying Christ's work to us. So that's what's happening. The Holy Spirit is applying what Christ has done for us. His life, how he lived perfectly, his death and resurrection, he's not just his death atoned for your sins, but his resurrection, new life, new identity, um, the, the imputed righteousness. This is the Holy Spirit trying to apply that to your life. And when you have a wall, a hard, hardened heart, and he's going, I know you keep these rules. I know that you think that's all obedience is, but obedience is, is bigger about love, mercy, justice. Not just keeping the rule. That, that's what Jesus was trying to show people. And here we have in our American Christianity all these little steps that, that we think is that, that's what I'm obedient, 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 obedient. I don't understand. I'm obedient. You're, you're angry obedient. Man, in some reform circles, that's exactly what it is. Just ang attacking. Uh, 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 you think you're being more obedient by attacking people. 
And Jesus, that's why he came to rebuke. And so as we go through this, we want to see the Spirit blowing these things in and just being able to apply those to our hearts and lives. Um, we cannot move on to that shimmering, crystal clear water of renewal and rest and rejoicing without first traversing the path of conviction, confession, and repentance. Um, and we need to think of this as an ongoing perpetual cycle. So today, the service is not the bigger deal. It, it, it's maybe the first time. It's almost like introducing sushi to you if you don't eat sushi. My whole family likes sushi. Jamie got them all hooked on sushi. It's not my, my, my cup of tea. But now I've learned a couple of ways of sushi that I can, I can take without you know, having a gag reflex or something just because I'm thinking of what it is. And so then when I do that, uh, it's like, hey, it's not that bad. Next step, I, I can go to a sushi restaurant with them. Third or fourth time, hey, man, we can go to a sushi restaurant, and I actually am enjoying Do you see what's happening? It's little bitty baby steps to where I'm growing, and now there's this exposure going on to where it becomes an enjoyment and that's what I'm hoping. So not just today, but, but an ongoing exposure of the Holy Spirit. So this should be an ongoing perpetual cycle, walking a pathway. It's kind of cyclical in nature. You don't graduate the course. So let's start in Ezekiel 36. Let me pray as we get into this. And this is this beautiful work that the Holy Spirit does, applying Christ's work to us. Not only for salvation, anyone who would be saved, this is the work of the Spirit before you got saved. Before you realized you needed to be saved, if you thought that you just kind of like decided, man, I, I needed to change in life, or I need to do this, the Holy Spirit was working, using circumstances, your conscience, um, all kinds of situations to reveal to you your need. And so um, this is that. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your plan, your redemptive plan. We thank you for um, the beautiful work of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the love that you have in allowing us to go through this pathway. And we pray that you'd help us to be a people that, that uh, don't um, get defend, defensive and offended, but become a people curious, more curious to whether this is actually true of us. For those who are struggling and, and they're, they're, they don't even know day to day whether they're even following you. Or for those that are kind of in the middle ground and just mainstream, they're, they're trying to work and raise a family and uh, have, a, have a career and uh, meet someone and uh, trying to follow Christ. And then all the way to the ones who, who, who are the, the, the strongest keepers of the rule. Lord, in all of those, Lord, we need you. We need the Spirit to soften us. We, we, need, we need areas in our life to be opened up to where you would have rain, where we would surrender instead of fight. And so I pray that you'd help us to, to see that as we go through this Ezekiel even. And he's looking at um, this aspect of conviction and repentance and confession. In your name we pray, amen. So let's look at Ezekiel 36, starting in verse 25. It's beautiful right before there, um, what God's saying. And so it's what he's saying before that. It's not even only for your sake. You get the benefit of this, you get the blessing of this, but it's not even for your sake. This is about me. This change that happens with you, it's even about me. Because in the end, it's all going to be about me. Heaven's going to be all about me. And so it's not even for your sakes what he says early on. And then he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my, and notice it's a capital S, my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. So notice that um, as, we, as we look at that, 
The beauty that, that, that the Holy Spirit, God is wanting to do this. The Holy Spirit wants to do this change. If you're not careful, there's been periods that I realized it was me trying so hard in Christianity. Me trying to do so much more in Christianity. So on the, the, the head, heart, feet, I'm just trying to do more on the feet in, trying to share the gospel more and more times. Uh, I, I got around ministries that were saying, you should have five people a week that you're sharing the gospel with. Set up, and they, they had a whole program of listing out, here's how you have the lunch with them, here's the, the thing that you go, with, you go through with them on sharing the gospel with them. So five different people a week. If you get three, you're a complete failure. Um, how many guys are you discipling? Hey, your own, now let's go to the heart aspect. Are you doing it now? Are you doing it just because for number's sake? Or are you doing it because you care for them, the heart aspect? I mean, I want to be doing more and more. If it's head knowledge for you, head, heart, feet, listen, he wants this for you. He wants to give this to you. It's not how fast you can go. It's not, can I be the one in fifth gear when everyone else is in first gear? Man, it's a loving relationship is what it is. And he wants to give this. He wants to pour this out. And so this is God's promised redemptive plan and process, what, what, what he reveals here. This is what God does not only at the point of salvation for you, justification, but also the Spirit keeps working in this process of sanctification. So let's read that. I will sprinkle clean water on you. You shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. So, so clean. So anyone listening online or people in here, is there anyone who's just going and clean? That's what I need. There's some stuff in my life that no one knows about. There's some thoughts. There's some actions. There's some patterns. I mean, every time I get a little convictor, I get distracted. I find a, uh, something to numb out because I don't like to hear that. Clean. Is there anyone here today that would say, man, this morning, clean from my uncleannesses. That's what my soul needs. I need a, a reset, a restart. And God, God's sitting there going, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting this for you. I'm granting this. I will sprinkle clean water on you. You shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. I wonder if there's anyone this morning that would ask, what are the hidden idols of my heart? Keeping the list, doing all these things, doing all these things, doing all these things. I'm, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And God's going, Jeremiah 2, you created your own cisterns. You're trying to fill them up, trying to fill them up. It's not going to hold it, it's not going to hold it. Only I am the one that can hold sustaining satisfaction. What are the hidden idols of your heart? Something may be just off, it has been for a while. When someone triggers it or touches it, you go off. You can feel that. Maybe you've been scared to let go of the idol. Because, and why? Why is it that we're scared to let go of it? Because idols promise that they will make us feel safe and good and right. And we all love feeling safe and good and right. Man. Some people just realize, man, maybe those are some idols there. The big source idols. Comfort. Approval, control, and power. People through the centuries have done this. Keller brought it back up. Some other people have kind of brought up that these big four source areas, comfort, approval, control, and power. Lots of writing. You may go, oh, well, it doesn't mention sex or money or substance abuse. No, th those are in there. That They actually fold under the umbrella of some of those things. Control, power, 
approval, comfort. And then notice this beauty. I will give you a new heart. That's what you bring to the table. Idols that you won't even allow me to reveal. Idols about your own Christianity. Things that you've been taught that you're trying to keep so hard that, that aren't even biblical. Like I said last week, the pockets. God says, hey, thou shalt not steal. And we make a new law, a man-made law. You can't have pockets. Look at me. Y'all come in here wearing pockets. I don't have pockets. Why are y'all having pockets? Looks like we can tell who the spiritual one is, right? We make these man-made lists, and now I'm the one keeping it, and can't believe all you losers are walking around with pockets. And God's going, I love pockets. I, I was the genius who told the genius to create pockets. There's nothing wrong with pockets. Pockets are fine. I told you not to steal. You made up 10 extra rules about stealing that's not even biblical, and now you're measuring people and living that out. Hey, that's not what it, that's an idol of yourself. That's an idol of power. And you don't even realize it. I can't even mention that to you. That's what we bring to the table. And he says, hey, I want to give you a new heart. I want to open that up to you. A new spirit I'll put within you. Remove the heart of stone from the flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Something softened, softened there. He's saying, I will give you a heart that's softened. Um, and I will put my capital S spirit within you and then cause you. And the picture of that causing is not a robot. It's not like now you don't have, because all of us, you, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue with this. You're not a robot, right? Like you, you, you're, you're noticing temptation. Just like Jesus came and ha- went through the same temptations as us, he had to. He had to be our new Adam. He had to be our new Adam that instead of biting the apple went, um, no, I'm not going to. And when Satan come and tempted him and all those things, some source idols that he actually throws out there. No, no. The Lord your God, that, that's what I worship. That's what I'm here for. Um, that's, that, that's what I'm about. I'm not falling for the bait. And so we needed a new Adam that would do that. And that causing you is saying, hey, I'm conforming you. Just beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit trying to just conform you into walking like Christ with the Spirit's power. Not on your own. Not a list you keep on the wall. And I think I'm keeping the list better. But like, Spirit, I need that. I need you to help me with this. He says, and I'll put my spirit within you and then cause you to walk in my statutes. And then you'll be careful to obey. Meaning now your conscience is aware of of wanting to walk in obedience. And not just the obedience of of lists, but mercy, compassion, justice, equality, treating people as, as if they had the image of God in them, even when they're so far from God. So, beautiful picture that he offers. Is this not beautiful what he wants to do, what God wants to give? Do we seek renewal and freedom and greater affections for God? These things being removed from the heart. So that beautiful picture of conviction. In 2 Corinthians 7, he he talks about a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Not just um, the type of um, feelings and emotions of guilt that doesn't lead to repentance. That that, that actually there's godly sorrow of being in the space with God and going, I see I need this change. I want to change on these different levels. Will you help me? So that's true conviction of heart that leads to repentance. So conviction is just that. And for um, people that that haven't had an understanding of that, if you know something that you're doing is wrong, when you do that thing, you feel your conscience telling you you shouldn't do it. And you should feel guilt. And you should feel shame for doing those things. So we've got this big, a little bit of a confusion going on about all these songs. No more guilt and shame. 
Well, if you're doing certain things, there will be guilt and shame. That, that's a good thing. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit going, yes, hey, stop doing that. You should feel bad for that. You should feel guilty for that. Now, I, I'm here to remove that. And as a believer, um, if you're truly in Christ, it's either two things, or, or you think you're in Christ, it's either two, one of two things. You're not really a believer, and you're able to keep on doing those sins, pattern sins, and walk in those sins with no conviction. Maybe you're not a believer, Romans 6. Or if you are, you're not going to keep walking in those patterns. You, you have the renewal of the Spirit. You have new life. You, you've turned from sin. So if you know something is wrong, definitely wrong in sin, you keep doing it, feeling the guilt along with it. Um, the danger is a hardened heart when you refuse the Holy Spirit trying to pry into an area. So I have some categories that we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we're going to bring these up back at the, about, about three-quarters through to look at. But these are just some categories to think through. Categories of conviction. You have sins of commission. You have sins of omission. And you have just sins that are deeply hidden. And th those three categories, those are just big, broad categories. I'm not trying to fit the ones underneath there into those categories. And also, this is not an exhaustive list. And, it lists. and so I will say, and for what I don't know how, but in the church um, and today, there's a lot of books saying this, but, but we have people that I could list out a lot of things here. I could have 25 things listed. And there will be people that will sit there and go like, nope, 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 don't, not, not those. But they have these other ones, and there's no discernment on like, yeah, you may not be an alcoholic, but you're doing these other, you're, you're spending, or you're whatever is just an addictive personality. That's what you're doing. It's the same heart issue. There's a void there that you're trying to fill with something, these source idols. But not trying to be exhausted, but forgetting God, taking God's grace for granted. Um, ungratefulness, pride, selfishness, anger, bitterness, discontentment. Jealousy, envy, worldliness, sins of the tongue, self-righteousness, a spiritual pride, judgmentalism, partiality, apathy for justice and mercy, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, sexual immorality, pride of life. And so just, just think through those. We're not going to take the time right now. Just, just uh, that We're going to bring those back up in just a few minutes. What is the remedy for that sin? What, what's the correct response when I'm convicted? Well, confession. So let's look at first, uh, first John 1, 6-9. Think through what happened to confessing sin. Whatever happened to just confessing sin? Um, it's gone. It's absent. In First John it says, If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So we're refusing. We're resisting conviction. We're resisting agreeing with God. God, this is sin. This is an area. And, and man, we are so quick to defend. We, we are so defensive because of all the things I think I do. And we, we don't really want to talk about heart issues. We're talking about external obedience things. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Is John talking to believers or the lost world? He's talking to believers there. He's going, hey, hey, believers, I'm talking to you. You have a tendency and a pattern to do this. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, so here's the deal. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins. So how many people in the church each week never spend two minutes per week talking about unconfessed sin in their life. Whole week goes by, 
10,080 minutes and then not two minutes spent on unconfessed sin. Talking to God about that. Is there someone here today realizing how much unconfessed sin you're carrying around? How much unconfessed sin you're not confessing or seeking forgiveness or repenting of? That would be worth our time if two to three people um, just went, that, that's going to be the change for 2024 for me. Unconfessed sin. I'm going to spend some time and just unconfessed sin. That would be worth it. And repentance is turning back to God, turning away from your own path and your own desires, your, your self-righteousness, not seeing things, blindness, spiritual pride, to going, man, Lord, let me walk in greater humility. Um, have some beautiful pictures here of, of, in the New Testament as, as Jesus was about to hit the scene, as God's preparing the way through John the Baptist. Matthew 3. In those days, um, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the kingdom would be a people of repentance. In Matthew 3, 8, just the same chapter there, just a few verses later, John says this famous thing, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Bearing fruit equals ongoing repentance. In Luke 15, if you remember the story of the prodigal, the, the, the three things that are lost, the son that's lost, um, and and he uh, in one of the in one of the other stories of the prodigal son story um, with the, the the coin that's lost and the sheep that's lost, um, he says, uh, "You don't even realize the celebration and joy that happens in the angels of heaven from one person who repents over the ninety nine who do not need repentance." Man, I'm not even on social media, and I hear the ridiculous, ungodly, attacking behavior of Christians who, what they're saying is, man, I don't need repentance. I do not need repentance. You know who I vote for? You know what I stand for? I do not need repentance. God's going, hey, when did that become following Jesus? Repentance. It's supposed to be a kingdom of people of, of, of faith and repentance. Bearing fruit. No, I got my list though. I can be angry and still do all these things. It's not bearing fruit. But I do all this stuff. Do you see how much I give? Do you see how much I... Bearing fruit of Christ-likeness. No one's touching that. Ongoing repentance. In Matthew, Jesus, uh, John says, I baptize, baptize you with water for Repentance. But one's coming after me who's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So it's not just your outer um, behavior. It's not just your outer behavior. He wants to come and do work inside. The Spirit wants to do work inside you. Now the Holy Spirit is working in repentance. In Luke 13, Jesus talks about this. There was some present at the very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So they bring up a world event. They come to Jesus talking about, well, world events. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And Jesus is going, you're, you're missing it. It's about repentance. It's having a heart of humility that stays in ongoing repentance that is not so self-righteous or 
entitled to thinking that, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? You, you missed it. My, my people are going to be about this. Repentance. And then he takes it further. He says, you got a story? i got a story. Or what about the 18? So they told a story about Pilate mixing the blood. He says, what about the 18 on whom the tower fell in Siloam and it killed them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? Because their answer, the reason he said that was because they did. <laughs> they did. They don't keep the rules like I do. They deserve that. They did. They did deserve that. Now I tell you, but unless you repent, you likewise will perish. And there's just this moment that we're in culturally that the church has this arrogant, attacking, um, just sad portrayal of Christ because of how self-righteous and how proud we are of what we do and how disgusted we are by all of them. I wonder if there's someone here today that would say, man, God, I recognize that even when I felt conviction, I'm not taking the time to stop and confess and ask forgiveness or ask, hey, Spirit, is there something there? I'm not really thinking through repentance on those things, turning away from sin. I not only don't confess my sin or ask forgiveness many times, but I also don't learn through the Spirit to mortify those sins and live in Christ's um, righteousness, in Christ's righteousness, resting in His work. So now we're going to put all that together and bring back up those, those sins of commission and sins of omission and sins of uh, deep hidden stuff. And so I just want you to take a time and so look at that. And we're going to take truly just a couple of minutes and just pray. Um, this is for you. Brad's going to come back up and he's going to um, strum along. And then we're going to go into a couple of songs of that. But I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to look through there just to see. And this may be you put in your phone. This may be something that you go, man, this is really um, something I feel like that the Spirit's leading me on. And so I'm going to give you a couple of minutes before I pray, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing a couple of songs of, of just asking God to deliver us. God, we recognize we're like the people of Israel. We, we recognize that there are these patterns in our life. And so here are those things again on the screen, forgetting God, taking God's grace for granted, ungrateful, pride, selfishness, anger, bitterness, discontent, jealousy, envy, worldliness, sins of the tongue, self-righteous, spiritual pride, judgmentalism, partiality, apathy for justice and mercy, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, sexual immorality, and the pride of life. Brad's going to lead us, and I'm going to, uh, I'll pray in a couple of minutes, but I want to give just time for silence for the Lord. I'm going to, I wanted to finish up with uh, bringing just some things. So if those things take place, conviction, um, idea of repentance, um, and the idea of confession, then it leads to renewal and rest and further rejoicing. So I wanted to just um, bring a couple of scriptures. And I'm going to preach to them. We're just going to read through two or three of those pretty quickly. You can write some of these down in your phone. But these are these things you look through. This is assurance. If that has happened with me, this conviction of sin, this repentance and, and confession, if I, if I start a pattern of this, here's the assurance that I have. That's what resting is. And so 1 John 2, 1 through 2, this renewal and rest and assurance my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So he took that for you. He took the wrath. He took the sin, even unconfessed sin, to bring you new life. 
new identity, spiritual rebirth, renewal. And he's not ticked at you. He's not just barely, frustratingly putting up with you. He does it lovingly. Um, there's a beautiful prayer of invocation on that that I'm going to skip through. Uh, it's a beautiful prayer that the church has read for centuries, but we're going to look at Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. So to the depths of my soul, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed. There's that beautiful picture of renewal, like the eagles. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. Not his anger at you, not him disappointed and frustrated. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Anyone need some of that? Anyone need to remember that's the type of loving father he is? Isaiah 43, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will remember not your sins. Isaiah 53, 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him, Christ, the iniquity of us all. So some beautiful truths to walk away with after we look at confession, repentance, and uh, conviction, confession, repentance. So as we go to the end, I want to read one last verse in Revelation 4, 9 through 11. It says, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So as we close up, um, we're going to have a time where we want to invite people to come up and, and if there's anyone who has sickness, illness, someone that you want to pray for. We won't do it every single service at all. We don't do the, the typical altar calls that a lot of us grew up with. But um, this is James 5. Um, it says um, 13 through 16. I'm going to have Tyler and Sujin come up also. And so it says, is, any, is anyone among you suffering? Then let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him or her, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So if there's someone here today that would say, I, I want prayer for sickness, for illness, for things I've been struggling with, it, it could be depression, anxiety, fear, um, anger, distrust. You have that opportunity. We want to open that up from time to time during the year. We're going to do that. We will ask you if you want to come up for prayer for those things. 
Um, and, and Brad's going to lead a song. We're going to do this just as we, as we sing the song, um, All I Have is Christ, or I don't know if it's Holy, 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 or All I Have is Christ. Um, we're going to do that as a closing song. And then, but you can come up for prayer if you would like to. There may be no one that comes up. You may just bow your head and do that now. Um, and then after that, Luke Sujin's going to lead us in the Lord's Supper.